You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholes and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 14 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. How are you, Tom? I'm doing well, yeah, thanks. And, and yourself? Well, I think I'm, I'm going to ditch the car and invest in a boat. <laughs> um, because, I mean, ever since Saturday, uh, the amount of rain, I mean, I do mm. appreciate I live in sort of far-flung Wiltshire, but yeah. um, it looks to me from from sort of fixture disruption across the southwest of England mm. that the rain sort of came up across Devon and Cornwall and ended up in Wiltshire. And um, yeah, ever since Saturday, it's just been you've been knee deep. It's been I don't know what it's like where you are. Uh, it's not been too bad actually. I mean, it was pretty Saturday afternoon. Pretty much, I think the rugby was on telly, wasn't it? The Bath rugby game. And I sort of looked out the window and thought, oh, it's not that bad. And then it, it literally kicked off. So three o'clock on the dot. Uh, Dad was at Twerton Park as well, watching Bath City. And he basically said, the second it, the whistle blew, suddenly the heavens opened. And it was that way for the next couple of hours. So it was uh, it was pretty bad timing. I don't know how it was uh, elsewhere in, in the region. But yeah, definitely here. It was uh, three o'clock on Saturday. Suddenly it absolutely hosed down. <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, I, I, I mean... The good news is, bringing this mm. back to football, that obviously mm. it didn't have a major impact no. on our fixtures. I mean, there no. was an impact, mm-hmm. um, but it, it could have been worse. And, of course, the so, worrying thing is if this weather continues, then, I mean, it will be worse because I think that, you know, the, the ground round here won't be able to take much more of this. So um, we could find ourselves... Um, we could find ourselves with a lot more fixture disruption if this weather continues. Let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope that's not the case. And let's talk about um, the football that was played in the Toolstation Western League this weekend. Uh, we're going to start our review of games in the Premier Division on Saturday, the 28th of October. And we're kicking things off at high-flying Bridgewater United. Now, they were taking on Somerset rivals Shepton Mallet. Shepton have been in very good form uh, recently, but um, Bridgewater had an impressive win here, Tom. They did. They did indeed. It was uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty high scoring. A four-one win for them over over the mallet. And uh, yeah, well, I think we're going to touch on the league tables later. But they have uh, jumped up a couple of spots after that as well. So it's uh, yeah, pretty, pretty decent victory for them. And it was a powerful header from Ross Edwards, uh, which separated the sides at halftime. Put Bridgewater uh, one up at the interval. Uh, and then it was, yeah, pretty pretty good stuff from them after the break. Jack Fawn uh, scoring right at the start of the second half to make it 2-0, giving them a bit of a buffer. Uh, it was uh, obviously uh, Mallet not bowing down, however, and uh, it started a fight back or a potential fight back. Josh Jenkins deflecting the ball home. Uh, but it was, yeah, that was as close as they got. And it was Bridgewater who uh, who took home victory. Uh, Thorne scoring a second. And then it was a, a long ranger in the closing stages from George King, which rounded out. So, yeah, another another decent victory for, for Bridgewater. Four goals to one at home to Shepton Mallet. Uh, now um, we're going to turn our attention to Millbrook against Welton Rovers. And another difficult day at the office for the home side, Tom. Yeah, just as it looked as though they were going to get their first point as well. Game was, yeah... Definitely not like recent Millbrook games, which have been pretty much over by half-time. This one was uh, very much in the balance. Uh, Welton taking the lead uh, through Louis, Gar- Louis Gurner, sorry. Uh, but it was then Millbrook getting back on level terms through Max Washburn. And that was around the hour mark they got, got made it 1-1. Uh, but uh, yeah, unfortunately for them, they, they came unstuck right at the death. And it was Welton scoring three times in, in added, uh, three goals in added on time. And there was quite a lot of... 
there was at least 10 minutes added on, so I don't know if there'd, there'd been an instant in the second half or something. But uh, yeah, they uh, Gurner scoring his second, and obviously that was a pretty pretty crucial goal to make it 2-1 after 90 minutes. Uh, but yeah, they scored a couple more after that. But, Made it look a bit more one-sided. Uh, Deputant Josiah McHale and then Logan Logan Cassidy uh, scoring pretty much for the final kick. And, uh, yeah, Welton running out 4-1 winners away at Millbrook. And that gave me an excuse to get in touch with an old friend of the podcast, Tom Smith, the manager of Welton Rovers. And I started my conversation with Tom, uh, congratulating him on that win and asking him what he made of his side's performance. From the early stages, to be honest with you, Ian, but um, it was it was horrendous conditions. As we were driving down on the team coach, it was uh, it was absolutely pouring down, and there was question marks whether it was going to be on or not. We got down there, the pitch was saturated. Uh, we had a tiny little warm up area, which, in credit to Millbrook, no, you know, no fault of their own, they they tried to accommodate us as well as they could. Um, but it couldn't be helped. The, the conditions were awful, and the pitch was. I've seen a lot drier, a lot wetter, but drier pitches. Sorry, be be cooled off. Um, so, but we like, we travelled down there. The boys travelled down. The fans travelled down. We wanted it on. Um, I think the ref made the correct decision in the end. But come the end, it was it was a quagmire. There. So it was it was a difficult one. Um, but we showed great resolve and, and we dug deep. And um, although we know we got the first, and then they got a bit of a an equaliser against the run of play, we had to dig deep and go on and get the winners. And then once we did, the, the floodgates opened a little bit in the later stages of the game. Um, but I don't think anyone, you know, including their team, their management, would would question the result. I think we thoroughly deserved it. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit more of a battle come the end than, than maybe we would have hoped before the start of the game. Because it had been quite a while since your last win. That was back in September the 9th. And um, at the time, you were in a real purple patch, weren't you? Back-to-back wins against Torpoint and Saltash. And, and I, th- I thought things were really looking up for you. But obviously, you know, th- things have gone a little bit awry since then. Yeah, it's been tough. I think look, in this league, uh, we had it last year as well. I think you get it. I think sometimes, you know, there's never an easy game. And I know that's cliche, but... You're looking at the fixtures, going, well, that's a tough game, that's a tough game, that's a tough game, and and sometimes you know four or five games can slip away from you without a point, and and that was the case for us at the moment. Look, when that happens, it's important you just stick to basics, keep belief high, um, trust in the process, and, and and know that your team's good enough to to come through and get the points. We haven't been losing by a lot, and there's been a couple of exceptions where we've been by far the second best team there. Um, but you know, you just got to keep pushing through and, and keep pushing, you know, pushing your beliefs and trusting in your players. And look, it was always going to come. And I think we will be picking up a lot of points. We, you know, we finished 14th where we are at the moment last season. And it's just a case of trying to progress. You know, if we can finish above that again this year and consolidate in the Prem, then you know that's where we want to be. And you know, a few changes in around the club as well, unstabilise things a little bit. Um, but look, that's football, and these things you have to push through. And we've pushed through it now, and and hopefully we're over the hill, ready. You know ready to sort of push on and get some more points on the board. I know historically we've talked about, um, you know, the, the, the <clears throat> one of the challenges with the travel has been that, um, uh, play, you know, player availability can suffer. When you look at your squad this season and compare it to what you um, came up with, you know, um, ha- has availability been a factor for you? Yeah, massively. And also player retention as well. I mean, Welton isn't a club with with massive finances. So, you know, there's always teams in the league below and league above with, you know, that can offer the players a little bit more. And, uh, and you know, when there's less travelling in the league above and league below, you know, sometimes it's hard to retain. So players in and out, there's been a lot of it. 
um, um, you know, players that can't make the long trip due to family commitments, etc., work commitments, etc. Um, it does make it difficult. Our player turnover has been bigger this year than what it ever has before. I think when you get promoted from, from the Division 1 into the Prem, I think, I don't like to call it a honeymoon period, but you get that season where it's new for everyone, new grounds, new teams. Um, the excitement's still there uh, for those players that gain promotion. And I think in the second season, it's more challenging. Um, I think from a manager's point of view and a club point of view, you know, we're a year more experienced and, um, you know, that's priceless for us. But in regards to players, yeah, it is, it is challenging, but, you know, we're filled in full teams every week and, and yeah, we've got, you know, dip here and there, make sure we're busy on the phones, getting the players in. Um, but as long as the players are up to the quality, which, you know, we had four debutants on Saturday and each one of the four was exceptional. Um, and yeah, it's just a case of us working hard and making sure we can put out as good a team as we possibly can. I mean, is that why you're feeling so optimistic? Because you, you, the quality of the players that you're bringing in now are more consistent with what you would want for Welton Rovers? Yeah, definitely. And I think look, the, the lads that we've brought in um, are slightly younger as well. And um, I've intentionally tried to make the squad younger. I feel like the younger players, the travelling isn't quite as big a hurdle for them without the families and the, and the, uh, and, and the jobs, maybe, some of them. Um, so, yeah, the fact that they can commit to everything and, and the hunger and the desire. And, you know, we've got players now that will undoubtedly play higher than this level, um, but they need to play at this level for a, for a consistent amount of time to be able to do so. So um, getting those boys in just creates that stability in regards to availability again. And we have, we've got three lads on, on loan from Yeovil Town that have come to us that have been that were exceptional, made their debuts. Um, just like I think Josiah McCow as well, who was at Bridgewater at the start of the season, then went on a little little loan spell to Hallen. He, he was excellent, got his goal on Saturday as well. And these boys live and breathe football and, and that's what we need. Um, you know, players that are unsure on availability and unsure how much they can commit is counterproductive for us at this point. So players that live and breathe football and, and generally that is the younger ones, that that's what we're after. So we had five we had five from the under 18s that from the successful under 18s team last year that won the double. They're now with us as well. Um, so it's a case of consolidating and if we can keep this team together pushing forward to next year when these guys are another year or more experienced, we're going to find ourselves in a really strong position. So yeah, the goalposts have moved, uh, but that's football. The goalposts always move in football and it's just a case to adapt in and trying to put the team and, and, and the club in as strong a position as possible. Now, I mean, you and I have spoken about the, um, the the merger with the Southwest Peninsula League and the impact that not creating that second step five division has had. And obviously you've referenced the travel in this interview again. Um, I mean, but it sounds to me like you're putting in place measures that mean that Welton, even under current geography, are going to be um, competitive. So does that mean that whether things change or not, you think you can cope? Yeah, definitely. And look, and, and you're dead right. We are what we're putting in place now is to secure Prem football for Welton, um, no matter what the circumstances may be. If the merger had happened, um, I feel I feel like our targets would have been very different. Um, but now the merger hasn't happened and it doesn't look like it's going to. I don't think there's any talks of it at the moment, as far as I'm aware. It's a case of making sure that we could be a, st a stable Prem team. And that was always my ambition when I when I took the manager's role at Welton, was I want Welton to be uh, a, premier, a Premier team. Um, and, you know, 
we've got the foundations to do that now. Now is a case of just just tweaking what we had in place before to make sure that we can, you know, we can do that for the foreseeable future. And as it stands, it is going exceptionally well. Like I said, I think a few people would have expected us to be a little bit higher after after doing quite well last year. But look, it's just about surviving in this league, making sure the club's stable, making sure everyone's enjoying the football, making sure we're playing good football for the fans to see every week. Um, and at the minute, we're ticking a lot of the boxes. Um, yes, a few more wins and a few more points would be much appreciated by a lot. Um, but that will come, no doubt at all. So, yeah, it is baby steps at the minute, but we're heading in the right direction for sure, Ian. Well, you've got a huge challenge on Saturday, haven't you? Falmouth away, of course, one of the best supported clubs in the Tool Station um, Western League. Um, the weather notwithstanding, that's going to be a huge challenge, Tom. Yeah, of course it is. And like I mentioned earlier to you, Ian, it's, it's a massive challenge, especially whenever you travel to these Cornwall clubs. You know, there isn't there isn't a bad one there. So, um, you know, you're going down and not massive expectations. Sometimes that can be helpful. Um, you know, these young lads as well, Falmouth got, you know, a lovely ground, big ground, well supported. It's a massive occasion for some of these boys, especially some of the young lads we have. And I've got no doubt at all that their ability will match up uh, and and create a really good game. Um, and I think, you know, with the added adrenaline that they're going to get with the, the amount of fans and the nice, the nice ground they're going to be playing in, it's going to be a hell of a spectacle. Will we need to be more clinical than we were against Millbrook? Yes, 100%. Uh, but the foundations were there. And if we can put in place what we think we can put in place, hopefully we'll be a really competitive game. And, and football's football. Who knows? If we could come away with that with a point, maybe three, that would be an exceptional weekend. Because after that, it's back-to-back home games, isn't it? You've got Ilford Coombe and you've got Shepton Mallet, of course, local rivals. Um, I mean, how important is it to you to get a good support from Midsummer Norton coming into Welton on a match day? How important is that factor in getting you over the line in games? Oh, massive. Um, it's, a, it's, it's massive. And I think, you know, it does fluctuate a bit, as I'm sure it does at every club. Um, but we haven't been at home for a little bit. I think the Shepton one's a given. I think we're going to have a massive crowd against Shepton. Um, obviously, with myself and Aaron Savier in charge as well both involved with Welton over the top, over the last few years. Um, I've got no doubt at all we'll get, we'll get a massive crowd for that one. Um, and Ilfra Coombe, you know, we had them first day of last season, last year, got a one-all draw. They gave us a bit of a thumping 3-0 down at there a few weeks ago. So there's a bit of spice added to that one as well. So I'm excited about them coming and, and I'm sure we could put on a show. And we were unlucky against Shepton. We played them once already this season and we conceded a very soft goal right near the end of the game to, uh, to lose the points 2-1. So... Um, I think, you know, we'll be well in contention to get some points in those games. And if the boys can perform, then there's no doubt at all that I think we will. And my thanks to Tom for his time. Uh, now, we'll turn our attention to Oldland Abertonians. Um, the visitors were Ilfracombe, and this was a closely run affair, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. This was a real decent game, this, and it was... Um... It was Oldland who ran out victors in the end. Two goals to one. Um, goal from birthday boy Will Keynes put them put them ahead, uh, and then it was Harrison Kite uh, making it making it two 0 But yeah, Wilfred Coombe definitely yeah, definitely weren't um, weren't there to to be to be had easily, and they got back into the game. Dan Wilson, uh, and that was uh, halving halving the deficit in the during the second half. Um, Oldland did have a chance to to push three one up. Uh, Harrison Kite who scored earlier in the game. Uh, had a penalty, uh, but his spot kick was saved, and so that obviously sent up a bit of a bit of a tense finale. But they managed to hold out and uh, capture the three points. So another win for the Abbots at home to Ilfra Coombe. Now a lot more goals in our next game, eight uh, in total. Mm. This was one of the matches we talked about on last week's podcast. Yep. Tor Point Athletic at home to High Flying Clevedon Town, and Clevedon, well, Tom, they're 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 flying higher and higher. 
Yeah, absolutely. Eight goal thriller and uh, a five free win for, for Clevedon away at Tall Point. This was definitely game of the day. Pretty decent crowd down there to see it, which is good. And uh, yeah, that was um yeah, I think this is the this is definitely the standout the result. Uh the Seasiders looking like they might stroll to stroll to victory. A couple of a uh, couple of early deflected efforts from Freddie King and then Alex Cam put them two goals up. Uh but Tall Point, yeah, pretty much throughout the game kept kept fighting back their first uh, first attempt at a comeback, uh, Dylan Jones pulling pulling one back uh, before Joe Teal then restored Clevedon's uh, two-goal advantage, made it 3-1. Uh, and this was just about uh, midway through the second half, so there was uh, plenty of uh, late drama in this one. Uh, so that made it 3-1, trying to keep up myself. Uh, there was then a penalty from Ryan Richards, uh, getting to a point back into the game once again, and then pretty much with the next attack, uh, Jones scored his second. Uh, so that made it 3-all, and obviously the destination of the points pretty much unknown at that stage, but it was Cleveland, as you say, having a terrific season and uh, that continued. Um, well, considering they were pegged back and probably, um, yeah, thought maybe, maybe their chance of victory had gone. Um, they, they, yeah, they, they powered home uh, a couple of late goals. Sid Camper uh, with a header made it, made it four, three. And then it was a, a penalty from Cam who'd scored earlier in the game, made it five, three. And that was how it stayed. So yeah, and fantastic game. Uh, Cleveland coming out on top. Absolutely uh, fantastic result there. And uh, the next, uh, our final game in the Premier Division, a little bit more one-sided. Wellington haven't been having a great time of it of late, and that uh, continued at home to Brixham. Yeah, and there was a 5-1 win for the away side. I did did enjoy this one. Uh, a couple of goals uh, from uh, Aaron Wellington uh, for Brixham against Wellington. So that, well, that was a little bit complicated uh, at first when I started reading that. I thought, oh, Wellington scored, but you're losing. But yeah, anyhow, it was it was a, a pretty comfortable afternoon for Brixham. Uh, Danny Gay's also getting on the score sheet. He made it 2-0 after about 18 minutes. So they made a made a fast start to this one. And then it was, uh, yeah, Wellington, sorry, two first half goals for him. So that was 3-0 at halftime. Uh, and then it was Ryan Brereton getting a goal back for the hosts uh, before Ewan Howarth and then Reese Summers completed the win. So another 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 three points for Brixham. They're going, uh, going great guns at the moment. And, of course, a headline writer's dream mm, there, really, absolutely. with Wellington scoring against Wellington. In fact, Wellington managed to score more <laughs> goals than Wellington did. But there Definitely. we go. <laughs> anyway, um, now then, Tom, a message from our sponsors. Whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Now, we'll turn our attention to the First Division and uh, we'll kick off at the game that I was at. Bradford Town hosted high-flying Portishead. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad glad you stayed to the end of this one because obviously that was where all the uh, all the goal scoring action uh, happened, and it was it was Porter's head who took home took home all three points. Um, incredible result for them, really. I mean, it's probably one of the one of the uh, most difficult games on their schedule, but to to come away it was a slender one nil victory. But it's uh, yeah, could be could be crucial come the end of the season. You never know. And it was um, yeah, substitute Luke At- Luke Atwell uh, who did the damage. Uh, eighth minute of stoppage time, uh, claiming the uh, yeah. Claiming the, the dramatic victory. So uh, a 1-0 win for Port's head away at Bradford. And I think I should be claiming a an assist on the goal. Yeah. Okay. Um well I, I don't know if you remember back in my back in when Devise's town were um a member of the Western League and I used to go along yeah. religiously to Nurstead Road and I would I would love nothing more than to use my my phone and to see if I could capture some goal action. Oh yes. And every so often I get this sort of urge. I get this feeling in my water. And I think, myself, oh, there's going to be a goal here. And mm. um, literally the sort of the last kick of the game, Bradford mm. um, Portishead. So Portishead get a, a corner. 
And I'm thinking, well, the way their season's going to go, I reckon, you know, they've sent everyone up. They're going to bundle this one over. I should get, I should, I should get, a, I should get a video of this. Yeah. And um, uh, anyway, the corner just, it all pitched it out and um, the ball went out of play again. And I, I was actually with the chairman, the league chairman, John Paul and his wife, Helen, at oh, yeah. the game. And I turned to Helen and I said, this always happens to me. I said, if I don't, if I try and take a picture or a video of, of, of a goal, you can guarantee there's never going to be one. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I put my, I put my phone back in my pocket, and of course, what happened? Portis head scored. Of course they did. You, so you nailed it. Well, I well I felt. I mean, I felt for Bradford, um, because um, they played really valiantly. I mean, personally, I felt Portis head with a better side on the on the day, but Bradford certainly. Um, hung doggedly to their to their task and 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 really did deserve to get something out of the game <laughs> no question about that at all but it's just the way that you know football is isn't it that um you know at the death um um uh, sides that are doing really well like Portis head you know i mean they're mm. making their own luck and and you know they managed to come away with three points when i honestly thought we'd still be there now and nobody would score <laughs> and of course i mean had i i mean i was thinking sitting there thinking to myself if i'm commentating on this game i'd have said something yeah. stupid like that just when <laughs> Portis head got the winner but anyway um i had a very pleasant afternoon but it didn't half chuck it down Absolutely. Oh, I mean, it wasn't too bad when we first got there, but when we when we mm. left, oh my God, it was absolutely, yeah. And of course, now with the clocks changing as well, it's pitch mm, black. It's, you know, yeah. your rivers going down the street. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting a bit yeah. carried away. Let's um, <laughs> turn our attention to Cadbury Heath and yeah, um, a five goal thriller against last season's champions, Brislington. Yeah, fantastic game. Uh, Cadbury Heath fighting off the. Challenge of Brislington to to gain a gain a three two win. So yeah, this was a pretty pretty entertaining game, uh, and it was the home side who definitely flew out the locks in this one. Callum Woolley uh, breaking the deadlock after just three minutes, and then it was another goal shortly after from Miles Scott. So they were in a two goal lead in, in no time at all. Uh, but Brislington worked their way back into it, and finally at the end of the end of the first half, got their uh, got their rewards. Uh, Dean Griffiths, a couple of corners. Had, had come in and had, had been cleared, but the uh, yeah the third one of those finally ended up with a goal, and it was as I say Dean Griffiths um, uh, half in the dead half in the deficit at that point made it made it two one to the Heath at half time, uh, but they yeah they were they recovered well from from that setback, and it was Matt Huxley of course it was Matt Huxley who always scores and uh, he made it three uh, one, but uh, yeah as you say Brisington last year's last year's challengers uh, title title winner sorry uh, they were never gonna never going to lie down and we know they've got plenty of forwards who like getting on the score sheet and it was Jordan Scadding who set up a, uh, a thrilling finale he scored 11 minutes from time to make it 3-2 uh, but that was a, that was the closest they got and uh, yeah suffered a pretty rare defeat I think that was their first in the league since since early September so uh, yeah all well, credit to, to Cadbury Heath who've uh, yeah bit free scoring of late so a, a good 3-2 win for them over Brisbane So I'm delighted to welcome Aaron Day uh, the assistant manager of Cadbury Heath to the Tool Station Western League podcast for the first time. Aaron, thanks very much for taking the time to uh, speak with us. And congratulations on your win over Brislington. Was the game as close as the scoreline suggests? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yes, it probably was in, in many ways. Um, I, I thought we, we were absolutely superb from the first minute. Um, but... You know, Brislington are a very, very strong team who did put us under a lot of pressure. Um, I think it's, it's a bit of a cliche, but we scored the goals at the right times when when we sort of, when we were on top, we were able to uh, put our chances away, and that sort of just 
deflated them a little bit maybe for a spell um but you know they they did come on us uh, very very strong at the end of the first half and at the end of the second half put us on a huge amount of pressure so yeah I, I'm, I'm sure they'll feel a little bit disappointed that they didn't get anything from the game but you know i believe it if nothing counts for our, for our work rate and commitment to defending i you know i feel we we probably deserved it they may disagree but um you know, if you don't take your chances, you struggle to win games, don't you? But it must have done the world of good for your confidence because obviously they were last season's champions, and um, I mean it's not been the it's not been the best of starts um, for you form wise this season, has it? No, it's not. We you know we we've talked about it a lot. Me and, me and George, the manager, that you know we are we are too inconsistent. Um, we've put some really good performances in and got some really good results, but you know we haven't always followed that up in the next game or the game after. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. You know, Grislington won the league last season. I, I still feel, in my opinion, they're probably going to win the league this season. Or if anyone finishes above them, I think they'll be champions. So you know, they are a very, very strong outfit. So um, yeah, to, to come away with that win uh, on the back of losing to you know. Bit of a scrappy game to Wincanton the week before, where you know we'll probably feel a bit hard done by a few decisions didn't go our way, you know, the, the luck of the banks, if you like. So, to come up against Brislington the week after and, and put in that performance we did, then yeah, you know, hopefully the lads can take a huge amount of confidence and, and belief as well. You know, to, to be a top, top team, you know, to take belief from that, that that'll be something major going forward, hopefully. Do you think that you and George and maybe the players have been guilty of perhaps underestimating the challenges that you were going to come up against this season in the first division? Um, I, that's a really good question. I, I don't know, is your honest answer. We we have spoken about it. Um, you know, being brutally honest, I think the league is stronger than I thought it was going to be. But I don't necessarily think we've underestimated it because, you know, we know in this standard of football, literally any team can be any team. So, um, but you know, you're right. It's, it's a very, very strong league. There's, you know, there's some there's some good, experienced managers in this league who've been able to put together good teams and good squads. Um, I, I don't think we've underestimated it consciously, but you know, perhaps subconsciously we have. But you know, I, I, I certainly we, we've come into it with every game given the opposition, you know, the respect they deserve because, you know, teams are playing at this standard for, for all good players. Um, you know, us ourselves and Kingston come down last season and, you know, I think we're both doing okay. We, we played Kingston earlier this season. I think they put in possibly the best performance at our ground this season. You know, we come away with the win, but you know, they, they battered us for large, large portions of that game. So... Yeah, it's, I don't think we've underestimated it, but it is a very, very strong league. Obviously, you did mention that yourselves and Keynesham were relegated. Given the situation with Bitten and the fact that you finished 18th in the league table, were you surprised to see that Cadbury Heath had been relegated? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah we were, um, if, we're, if we're brutally honest. Um, we thought we'd, we'd done enough to sort of stay in, in, the, in the Premier Division and, and all the indications we'd been given coming up to the end of the season. We thought we were going to be in, in the Premier Division again this season. Um, you know, cards on the table, we did inquire about voluntary relegation towards towards the end of last season. 
um, but we were told by the FA and no one says in terms of there will, there will not be any voluntary relegation so our options were just just to play the season out and see where we uh, where we ended up or um, or basically resigning from the league and then reapply to come in in which you know whichever league we we sort of chose to do so um, we didn't really want to take that risk so we played out the season like you say finished finished where we did and, and yeah we were certainly anticipating being in the prem again but you know ultimately it, you know the prem's a tough tough league with a lot of traveling and coming up against some really really good teams so possibly it's a blessing in disguise but you know who knows but from your position uh were, were you preparing for a t- for another season in the premier division with all that that means in terms of the travel and, and the quality of players yeah we, we were you know we, we had to assume we were going to be in the prem um whether we would have looked to have asked for lateral movement over to the Hellenic Prem, pure, not you know, not trying to say it's, it's, it's not as tough for me, but just because of the amount of travelling, that probably would have suited us better. But but ultimately, we, we thought we were going to be in the Western Prem, so we had to prepare for that. You know, there were some hard conversations with players because a lot of our players struggled last season with the travelling and, and the commitment to that. You know, we did get some of the lads say they would struggle to do it again this season. So, again, from that point of view, maybe we're better off where we are now. But, you know, players and, and, and managers and, and clubs want to be able to perform at the highest levels they can, don't they? So, I, I, I don't know whether it's better off long term where we are, but we are where we are. So, we, we've just had to go get on with it. And, you know, once we knew where we were, we just... We planned for that, looked to that, and, and perhaps it has been easier getting some players to come into the club or some players to commit because of the less travelling. Um, but, you know, we, we also do miss a good, good away day home to Cornwall. You know, that is, as hard as it is, it, is, it, it can make for a good, good uh, Saturday and Saturday night as well. I mean, just out of interest, how recognisable is the Cadbury Heath team from the one that competed in the Premier Division last season? I mean, did you have you had wholesale changes going into this campaign, or have you been able to keep that nucleus together? Yeah, I think we've been lucky. We we have managed to keep the nucleus of it together. We, we've lost we've lost a few lads. Um, you know, Ewan was our captain last season. He stepped up to eight. Um, and, and we knew it was on the cards and probably would have happened no matter what league we were in. So, you know, that's, that's a great move for him to go to a big club. Um, and a few lads have sort of just decided to look elsewhere. So, but we have kept the main core of the team together. We've been able to include um, or bring in a few few extra lads as well to enhance the squad. Um, I think last season we were working with, although, you know, maybe the list of names on the website didn't, didn't show it, but we were working with quite a small squad so when to lose one or two of those players on a Saturday you know your options then for changing things are quite limited so at the moment we've got players who are having to be left out on a Saturday which is not a nice task to do as management but um, it's it is going to help us in the long run because you know it's, it's non-stop there's a lot of midweek games in this league so being able to freshen things up is going to make a huge difference for us I think this season well it's Certainly good to get back talking about the football, and of course the next football for you is uh, an away day um, to Odd Down on Saturday. Now their form has really picked up of late, so I've got a feeling that's going to be a really stern test for you. 
I think so, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what they've done to change it, but if you're sort of looking at their, their results over the last probably month or so, you know, they're scoring a lot of goals. They're not conceding a huge amount of goals. Um, I, if I'm honest, I don't think it will change what, we're, what we'd be looking to do anyway um, because, you know, teams can change game by game so much. I don't think you can look too much into what the opposition are doing. You try and get a bit of information on them if they've got the formation. But, you know, I say to the lads every Saturday, if we just perform to our best of our ability and, you know, do everything we can positively, if the opposition are better than you, just hold your hands up and say they're better than us. You know, there's not much more we could have done. So, um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be, hopefully, going to be a cracking match. Um if we can get that bit more consistency in our in our games and our results, then we'll certainly be looking to move up the table. But yeah, whatever they've changed it, uh, it all down. And credit to them for, for spotting it, implementing it. Um, now, Aaron, this is the first time we've spoken on the podcast, so it's a question I like to ask um, the uh, my guests. You know, when I get the first chance to have a chat with them, obviously there'll be listeners who who aren't familiar with you. Um, but um, can you tell us about your footballing journey to the Cabri Heath dugout? Yeah, um, I'd say most of my career I probably spent playing sort of county standard football. Um, I had a short spell at Wilton when I was when I was younger, Wilton Rovers when I was younger, but I had quite a serious shoulder injury, so didn't play for quite a while. And then sort of just got comfortable playing playing where I was. Um, I actually had a short, a very short spell at Cabri Heath as well towards the end of my career, um, but then again injuries and, and stuff sort of um, cut that short uh, I then moved uh, my, my best friend Neil Simons who's now in free he moved into um, the Chip and Sobri hot seat so I went along with him as assistant manager there um, and then actually went back to Cadbury Heath as assistant manager under Mitch Hodge um, and then Covid sort of cut short that and I took the decision to step away for the you know just for the um the well-being of my family really more than anything else uh and then george and matt huxley took over it in cabri heath and you know it's it, it's tough because they were both trying to play and manage at the same time which is which is a really hard thing to do so um they asked me to come back in i think it's two seasons ago now halfway through that season and just just help them out and be a, a a set of eyes on the touchline just to allow them to play um, because you know they both even now they both got so much quality in them. Um, so I went back in, helped them out, and, and yeah, really enjoy it. I think I think me and George work really really well together. Um, it's allowed Matt to to carry on playing rather than getting too involved in sort of like the, the, the coach side, the managing side of it. Um, and you know, credit to him, he's just scored his 500 and something goal at this standard. And, 300 and something goal for Capri Heath so you know it's, it's helped out there if nothing else it certainly has I think there'll be plenty of managers listening to this who wish you hadn't offered to give them a hand if it would have <laughs> kept those two on the bench but you have Aaron thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us um, it's great to get, um, get you on the podcast and um, I look forward to catching up with Capri Heath later in the season Now we'll move on to new boys, Cribs Reserves. They're doing, they continue to do well. Mm. Um, they were taking on Wincanton Town. And of course, as you know, Tom, you have to be at the races if you're going to um, get anything out of Wincanton. And um, Cribs certainly were. Yeah, absolutely. And that was that was proven again in this one. I think a couple of times Cribs won this game. So, uh, yeah, fast start from them. 
uh, two goals to the good. Uh, Kieran Clayton um, putting putting the first in, and then it was Tom Hedford uh, striking shortly after to to put them two up. But as I say, they pretty much had to win this twice because uh, Wincanton came back into this. Uh, Matt Garner uh, joined them level 18 minutes from time uh, was Tom Jarvis. Sorry, so Garner scored uh, to make it two one, and then it was Jarvis with the equaliser pretty late on. Uh, but yeah, Cribs Cribs showed a yeah excellent resolve and uh, got back a got back ahead once again. And uh, second wave from them, and it was uh, Dan Monk and then Headford again uh, scoring uh, further goals to to make it four two. So uh, yeah, incredible result for them and uh, leapfrogging uh, Wincanton in the process. So big game and a big result. And finally, in the first division, a one-sided affair at Shirehampton and uh, Longwell Green Sports. Of course, we bigged up. Um, on last week's podcast, um, they came they came uh, unstuck on Saturday, Tom. They did, yeah. I think uh, Shirehampton potentially were were smarting from a heavy defeat they'd suffered last weekend themselves. So uh, yeah, they uh, they had a point to prove, and uh, yeah, they did just that a five nil uh, win at win at home to Longwell Green. Uh, Louis Snellum scoring scoring the first two, uh, putting them putting them uh, in command. Uh, Ryan Radford, Scott Bamford, these are these are names that pretty much always score, and they, they were both on the score sheet again. Uh, and then it was a, a stoppage time goal from Will Baldwin that made it 5-0. So that was a, a brilliant win for Shirehampton at home to Longwell Green. Now, um, we'll take a look ahead to the fixtures coming up uh, this Saturday. That's Saturday, the 4th of November. And kicking off in the Premier Division, Tom, what tickles you fancy? A plump for uh, Helston versus Nailsy and Tickenham. So obviously Nailsy are having a yeah, pretty pretty... Well, pretty great season, really. I think they've dropped a couple of spots, which we'll uh, we'll touch on in a sec. But um, they've uh, yeah, a couple of uh, recent home defeats. But I don't think that's uh, going to deter them from thinking they're among the top 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 teams in this uh, division. So uh, yeah, bounce back from them potentially uh, against a, a Nails team that have been a little bit up and down. A good win, uh, tight win for them on the weekend. So yeah, I think that'll be a, a decent encounter. And I'm going to go for a top-of-the-table clash. Barnstable Town against Clevedon Town. Can Clevedon keep their incredible um, form going? Uh, well, they will have a massive test away at Barnstable Town. Of course, we know how good they are on and off the pitch. And um, I'm sure that will be an absolute cracking game of Western League football. Uh, moving on to the First Division, Tom. What game has caught your eye there? I've gone for Bradford Wells. A couple of, a couple of re- Obviously, Bradford probably smarting a little bit from the weekend when they were... Uh, denied at the end because of your um, your your disservice and uh, and it was uh, yeah also a game that pretty much um, was well it was a tight affair between these two about a month ago so uh, Wells uh, giving giving Bradford a one nil defeat at their place so they now have to go to Bradford and uh, yeah we see see if they can get a bit of revenge. And uh, well, I'm going to pick your team, Tom. Odd down, Ooh. of course. They've they've had a good upturn in form of late, and they take on Cadbury Heath. I've got. a feeling that these are two sides that perhaps had a little bit of a wobble at the start of the season, but, you know, but, but, but could well be more competitive um, in the second half of the season. So it'll be interesting to see whether Cabri Heath can build on that excellent win over Brislington uh, and, um, uh, and, and get a result at odd down, but uh, they won't make it easy for them. I'm sure. Now, before we call it a day on this week's um, podcast, uh, Tom, uh, let's have a look at the league tables. Do you want to tell us um, who the runners and riders are at the top of the Premier Division? Yeah, sure. So we do have now Clevedon leading the way. So their uh, their terrific season, as we've as we've said, is uh, yeah, showing no signs of letting up. Twelve games played, they've won nine, they've drawn three, and still unbeaten. Uh, so that's a absolute cracking uh, set of results for them so far. And they've got thirty points, so they sit top. Uh, you've then got Bridgewater uh, a couple of points back in uh, in second. They've played 12 as well. 
Uh, they're on 28 points. Uh, Brixham, yeah, starting to pick up steam, I would say. 14 games played, so a couple more than the top two. Uh, they've won eight, and they're on 27 points, so three points off the top. And then you've got Helston uh, down in fourth. Uh, they've only played 11, so a couple in, in hand on, um, on the, many of the other sides. Uh, eight games uh, won, and they have uh, got 25 points. I think also worth noting, uh, Barnstable down in 10th. Uh, uh, down in seventh, sorry, they've played ten. Uh, they're still unbeaten, so five wins, five draws, and they're on twenty points. So uh, yeah, plenty, plenty of scope for a bit of improvement for some of those sides. It does feel that um, um, that Clevedon Barnstable game could end up being a, mm. a draw simply to protect <laughs> the O. Yeah, um, not that that's a thing, is it? Really <laughs> silly. What a silly thing to say. But it does just give an indication of um, how um, how good and how competitive that game could be. One hundred percent. Um, I, well, I shall have a look at the bot. I shall have a look at the wrong end of the Premier Division. Millbrook uh, are sitting in um, 18th place, and they are yet to record their first point. Um, on six points, uh, Wellington. Um, they've played 13. They're in seven, uh, 17th, and two points above them, Saltash. Um, uh, they're in 16th. They've played 13, and they've um, they've got eight points. One point above them is Oldland Abertonians, and then there's a three-point gap up to Welton Rovers. Of course, today's podcast guests. Uh, right then, the, 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 well, I could get very excited about the top of the first division, Tom, but hmm. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let let you get carried away with it. You're going to let me take the reins. Uh, so we've got Porter's Head, who are top. Uh, 19 games played. They've won 15, just one defeat. Uh, they're now on 48 points, so uh, that is an incredible, um, incredible sort of first half of the season. Just about reaching the first half uh, of the of the campaign. A couple more games until we officially at that point. Uh, you've then got Radstock also played 19. Uh, they've won 15 themselves, and they're on 46 points, so a couple back. But those two are the, uh, uh, the, the, the yeah, they're, they've got a little bit of a buffer on those below just at the moment. Uh, you've got Brislington in third, hoping to go back-to-back and, and get another title. They've won uh, 13 of their 19 matches. They're on 41 points. Uh, and then you've got New Boys Cribs Reserve, 19 games played as well, and they're on 39. So that's how the top four sit in the uh, in the first division. We, we've got to highlight um, the team in fifth as well, um, Wincanton Town, um, because, of course, that fifth spot is going to be where the playoffs um, uh, come into play. And that, I think, is going to be really exciting because when you look at the teams that just sit below... Um, Cribs reserves, you know, the likes of Wincanton, Bitten, Bradford Wells. Um, uh, you know, that, that's going to be a fascinating race to see who can get into the uh, to the playoffs at the end of the season. Um, looking at the wrong end of the table, um, Bishop Sutton are in twenty uh, second. Um, they've got uh, two points, and then um, there's quite a gap between them and Canesham Town, who are who are um, in twenty first. They've got ten points, the same number of points as Cheddar, but Kensham do have three games in hand. I'd be very surprised to see Kensham staying down there um, for much longer. Um, Gillingham Town, they're in nineteenth. Uh, they've got um, sixteen points, uh, the same as Hengrove, and then you've got um, Warminster, who uh, are, are in seventeenth place, and they've got um, they've got twenty points. Um, so yeah, so interesting at both ends of the table there. Um, now, one piece of housekeeping um, before we um, depart, and that is that um, the Tool Station Western League is currently seeking applications for the new position of league secretary. Obviously, a full understanding of football administration is necessary for this role. Um, the job description can be obtained from the league chairman, John Paul, and his um, email address is john.paul, P-O-D. 
O-L, at sky.com. Um, there is an advert on the website. There is also an advert in Tom's excellent bulletin. And um, um, there will be notices on social media as well. Right then, Tom, um, thank you for your time as always. Um, we have been reviewing your excellent uh, bulletin. Um, where can the listeners find that? Yeah, it's on the Toolstation League website uh, on the homepage. And if you, you scroll down a little bit, it'll be on the, on the left-hand side for you and you can get that every week. Marvellous. Excellent stuff. Tom, thank you very much for your time. And I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Toolstation Western League podcast. <laughs>